Hi, welcome to Paris in New York City. So this is my birthday month and I turned 39 years old on November 5th. Anyone that knows me knows that I'm big on my birthday. I start counting down as soon as it hits August 5th and make a huge fuss about celebrating and accepting gifts from October 5th till December 5th. Yup, I'm that person. I absolutely love my birthday more than any normal person. However, this year I was not as excited about it. I found myself crying in my new bands for several nights as the date got closer. I was not even sure at first as to why I was crying, to be honest. I just know that I kept feeling empty, like I was missing something inside of me, and kept asking myself what was my purpose in life. I had a heavy feeling in my chest and found myself going back to those practices that I spoke about in episode 2 called Healing of this podcast. I did not know if I felt this way because my period was coming soon and I was extra emotional as all women get around that time of the month, or if it was because my heart was making a hard choice to put into practice all the self-love I've been preaching about and I had decided that I needed to make the decision to cut from my life my lindo bebe that I'm in love with. Because I have to be a mature adult and learn to not repeat mistakes and listen when life shows you that this relationship will not work long term. Or because I had not had sex in a long time and have been craving it a lot lately. Or because I realized that my biological clock is ticking and turning 39 means that I don't have a lot of time left to organically have another child. Although I'm not even sure if I want another one, but then I also love being a mom and I really, really wanted to have another baby two years ago. Or if it was because I felt like by now I should financially be way better off than I am now and should have at least one property under my name. Or if I was tired of all the responsibilities of being head of household, a single mom, and catering to my parents' and friends' needs. Or if it was due to the many friendships and relationships I walked away from this year that I did not foresee happening or maybe I just needed a big hug and a kiss from someone that makes me feel safe and I know truly loves me whatever the reason was I just know that I wanted to escape my life for a bit and therefore decided to book a trip to my home country the Dominican Republic my friends were going to be going for a wedding and all I needed to do was buy a flight they had already told me that I could stay with them in the room and not have to worry about the cost of the hotel as they were going to gift that to me for my birthday it was a no-brainer. I had not been to the Dominican Republic in 17 years and felt given how I was feeling and how easy this was being presented to me, God was guiding me to go on this vacation, and so I did. It was my first time being in a resort in DR and my first time in Punta Cana, and I can see why people fall in love with it. I stayed at Paradiso's Palma Real, and the architecture of the resort was absolutely breathtaking. I've traveled to a lot of different countries, and this was by far the most beautiful resort I've ever stayed at. I've always had a deep connection to the ocean, and I don't know if it's because I'm a Scorpio, which is a water sign, or because the infinite vastness of the ocean always makes me appreciate life even more. It reminds me that I am just a small participant in this world and that there is more to life than the issues that I escalate in my mind. Or because it makes me feel even more spiritually connected to God because underneath the ocean waves, there's a whole ecosystem of life that works in just as perfect harmony as we do on land with no books to read and instructions to follow on how to live their life. Whatever the reason is, I always find peace of mind when I'm sitting on the sand, hearing the waves of the ocean and admiring its beauty. On this vacation, I felt even more connected, and I wonder if it was because I was on the island of my ancestors. 
In episode two, I spoke about how I went to many different people in search of answers. One person I had gone to and which I had mentioned had told me that my ancestors were always protecting me and guiding me and that I should make offerings to them and pray to them. It is a practice that I still maintain till today. I have faith in knowing that they have my back. This vacation was packed with activities and the friends that accompanied me were not fans of being at the beach. They were more interested in the swim-up bar by the pool. I therefore did not go to the beach every single day that I was there, but just being in the proximity of it and being able to see it every day was working its magic on me. Our last night there, I had decided to leave the resort for dinner with a few of the friends of my friends that I had met there. People that were there for the wedding that my friends were there for. I didn't really know anyone and part of me almost didn't get in the cab when it came. But given that I had been complaining about the lack of Dominican food at the resort, I decided that this was my last chance to get some. To my disappointment, the restaurant they had chosen did not have an ounce of authentic Dominican food. However, it was okay, and just being outside in a regular restaurant facing the street was nice. I felt at home. During this dinner, I kept silent and mostly listened to the conversations they were having. I wasn't really interested in making conversation, nor did I care or feel awkward. I was enjoying being present in this moment in time. I had decided to not be weird and asked the girl next to me how long she had been with her boyfriend that was sitting next to her. She told me they had been together for four years. I automatically asked her where her ring was and looked at her engagement ring finger, which was vacant. I did not mean to do this to put him on the spot. It was a natural reaction after hearing they were together for so long and because I had picked up from a previous conversation that they lived together already. Her mood and his shifted and I sensed that this was probably a topic of conversation that caused arguments between them. He right away started saying that they don't need a title, that they travel and live together, and that it's more than enough. Her expression, on the other hand, said otherwise, as she rolled her eyes at his response. That led me to believe they definitely have thought about this in the past. As a woman, and based on my own personal belief, I had to back her up. I told him he needed to get her a ring and stop wasting her time. Four years is a lot for a woman, and given that they were friends of the groom, I'm assuming that they were both in their 30s already. I really wanted to tell her that she needed to set a definite timeline by when he should make a decision to move forward or cut her losses and move on. It was obvious by her reaction that this is something that she does want, so why waste time waiting for him to commit? Her mistake was moving in with him. Why would he want to marry her when they are already playing house and she's most likely acting like a wife? I personally think that a man knows if he will marry someone he is seen within the first six months of the relationship. If it drags on for years and he is not necessarily interested in solidifying a future with her. This is something that I've heard from many men themselves. Anyways, since I couldn't tell her what I really wanted to tell her at the dinner table, I gave her the name of my podcast and maybe she listens to this episode. The next day, I told my friends about how I had innocently made dinner a bit uncomfortable and found out from my friends that had attended the wedding a few days earlier that they had asked this gentleman about her being his girlfriend and his response had been that they have been on and off for a few years and that he guessed he could call her his girlfriend. I rest my case. I have been right in my judgment. While this beautiful woman walks around with a picture of them kissing on her iPhone lock screen, her boyfriend that she's wasting her time on is not even proudly claiming her as his. She clearly is just doing what a lot of women do. She's being a placeholder in his life and giving him company until he meets someone else that he would envision his life with. 
I feel for her because I know what that is like. I spent nine years with someone finding excuses for his infidelity because I was so stuck on this future life that I had fallen in love with in my mind. I got him to propose to me in the worst way that anyone has ever proposed to someone. He had asked me to come downstairs and meet him during my lunch break one day when I was working at Barclays. So I did, and he just handed me a box, and when I opened it, I saw a princess cut Tiffany's diamond ring on a platinum band. He then asked me to marry him and took me to eat ramen despite the fact that I said that I hated ramen. However, he knew he wasn't going to marry me because his culture wouldn't allow him to and therefore used the excuse that I had been disloyal by talking to someone else through a fake email address that he had discovered one night when he was looking through my phone. He was a coward that couldn't be honest with me and admit that he did not have the courage it took to tell his mother that he was going to marry someone outside of his race that had a child. At the time, I lacked the self-confidence to walk away and at the end of the day, la costumbres es más fuerte que el amor, a Spanish saying that basically means that comfort is more powerful than love. Nonetheless, that night after we got back to the hotel from the dinner outside of the resort, I was walking back to the room where the rest of my friends were waiting for me and I noticed that for the first time since I had arrived in DR, the sky was lit with stars. It had been really clouded on the previous nights and I had mentioned to my friend how I had been looking forward to seeing the stars. I decided decided to lay down by the pool and stare at the sky while listening to the waves of the ocean, again admiring God's work, wondering about life beyond this earth, wondering about my sole purpose on this earth, and why I couldn't let go of that heavy feeling in my chest, almost like a discomfort. Something I felt many times as I go through the process of detachment from someone I really like. I prayed for the guy which I knew my heart yearns for. He did not intentionally hurt me, so I respect him. He was honest with me about what his focus was at the moment. I had a choice to stay and deal with a relationship with no commitment or walk away. I had decided that I am worth more than being a placeholder in his life. The pain that my heart may feel now is by far less than the agony I would endure in the future. But true love means loving someone even when they aren't near you, and I truly want the best for him. He is an individual that needs a lot of healing and is in denial of that. So I pray that he realizes that one day soon and takes the proper steps to work on himself because his life could be much happier than the one he is living. He taught me a lot about myself and he also inspired some positive changes in my life and I am grateful to him for that. I needed to meet him for that reason and maybe in the future we cross paths again and maybe we don't. I just know that I made the right decision for myself and my future self will thank me for it. Two weeks ago, my favorite cousin came to visit me from Florida. She randomly just booked a flight and that was the best early birthday gift that I could have received. I grew up with her and she has been by my side through many of my struggles, my confident and best friend. That weekend that she came, I had plans to go to my Mr. Big's gig, which I spoke about in episode 5. He was having an event at a bar in Williamsburg. I did not want to let him down as it seemed to mean a lot to him and my cousin also wanted the opportunity to meet him. Given that she has lived in Florida for the majority of her life, she had never met him in person but knew so much of who he was and what he meant to me. As I had stated in episode 5, he had recently caused some drama amongst me and a close friend which led me to losing that friend and my best friend along with it. Anyways, when I arrived, those two individuals were there as well. They're still friends with another college friend of mine and had been invited by him, I had assumed. 
But the girl that had betrayed my trust had gone and stood next to my Mr. Biggs almost the second that she saw that I had spoken to him for a bit. It felt as if she was claiming her territory. It didn't bother me truly. What bothered me was that it made me feel like he had lied to me. He had been asking me if I was in contact with them the week prior to this while I was at his house. Him and I usually bought each other cookies and I would spend hours at his place talking, laughing, eating, and watching our show together. I had asked why he was asking me about them and he said that he had ran into them and was just curious. My instinct told me that he was just trying to see if there was any way that I would be able to find out if he was dating her, but I had decided to not make assumptions and took his word for his reasoning to bringing them up. I am a woman, and I know that no woman would feel the need to claim someone the way she did if they did not feel they had the right to in a situation they felt threatened with, given our history. I also know that she is very insecure, and she demonstrated that with her actions. My cousin had become bored with the music being played at this event and requested that we leave, so I obliged her and we left to another location that had Spanish music. Mr. Biggs messaged me shortly after asking for my whereabouts. I told him the location and followed it up by saying that I did not feel that we should continue our friendship any longer. I told him I needed space from him as I felt he was being dishonest. I saw the three dots come up in the iMessage that implied he was texting back and then they disappeared. I gave him another 10 minutes to respond and he didn't, so I just blocked him. This was the first time in 20 years that I had blocked his number and at that moment I was proud of my growth and my strength. I already knew a long time ago that my Mr. Biggs was not my Mr. Right. However, I did feel very deeply for him and having been seeing him so often in the last few weeks and spending so many intimate nights with him, I could sense those old feelings being reawakened within me. By intimate, I mean all the hours we spent just talking about everything in our lives. I am finally learning to choose myself. That is huge. I refuse to be another placeholder for him as well. This has been the course of our life where I keep him company throughout his single life and then the second he gets into a relationship, he disappears from my life. I love him dearly, but now I love myself more. I thought of Mr. Biggs and the conversation we would have been having at the moment had he been with me staring at the sky full of stars. I also prayed for him, prayed for his happiness, for his fulfillment, and for God to guide him to his purpose. I acknowledged that part of the reason I felt this uneasiness was also due to letting that go. 20 years of friendship, 20 years of someone that felt like home no matter how long we went without speaking, and the idea that still had a bit of hope of maybe one day him becoming my Mr. Right. He has other ways to contact me if he truly in his heart wanted to speak to me and be a part of my life, and knowing that makes me feel even better about my decision. I am tired of being there for people and it not being reciprocated back. The mistake that a lot of women make when they like someone is that they lose themselves. I've been guilty of this many many times even now recently with date number 25 that i have made the decision to cut off therefore i understand how easy it is to get focused on that fairy tale we all grow up wanting of a prince charming coming to rescue us on a white horse and living happily ever after however men are wired differently they don't fall as fast as we do and even when they do they still need to feel some sort of liberty in their life you cannot lose your self-esteem and follow a man around like a where your emotions revolve around whether he texted you back or not. You have to have a sense of pride where the man knows that you don't need him. 
You do this by being empowered, not giving up your friends, being focused on your dreams, sticking to your hobbies and the things that make you happy, and not letting a man derail you from this even after being in a committed relationship. You have to continue being the person that he met and fell in love with. A woman should never, ever, ever chase a man under any circumstances. He needs to make you feel safe, protected, and like a queen. If you chase him, he will tell that you don't value yourself, and how can you expect him to respect you if you're displaying that you don't even respect yourself? When you're dating someone, you should always know that a man has a few other women that he is seeing. That is the point of dating after all. A man will always have a favorite and you would be able to tell if you're the favorite by his continuous display of affection and wanting to see you. You have to intrigue him and leave him guessing and don't give in to sex at all until you know that you are the favorite. Men love to chase. They are born to be hunters and if he is not willing to wait then he does not like you and is just interested in sex. I made date number 25 wait a long time before we had sex. I was on my journey of not wanting to have sex with anyone and we even showered together for weeks before I gave in. During that time period, we developed an intense level of intimacy. And again, intimacy does not mean physical interaction. We got to know one another deeply and he told me things in which he said he had never told anyone before. And you may be wondering then why did things not work out? Well, because I became obsessed with him and shifted from the person that wasn't as interested in him to making myself available to him all the time and revolved my life around his schedule. You cannot become obsessed with a man. It's okay to let him know you like him, but leave how much you like him for your girlfriends. You need to act like you're still getting to know him and that being in a relationship is the last thing on your mind. When date number 25 started to pull back, I did what most women do. On one drunken night, I confessed that I had planned our beach wedding and named our two future babies and also gave him a timeline of by when we had to get married since I am older and need to get pregnant sooner than later. This conversation was in person and I admire how graceful he handled it. He realized that I was drunk and instead of just calling me crazy, he bought me food, drove me home, and then cuddled me till I fell asleep. Within the next few days, I noticed his distance and I started to text him long emotional paragraphs that he probably never fully read. And I argued with him over stupid things. I attempted to get him jealous and even drove by his house one night that he had told me he was going to sleep and sent him a picture of his car not being parked at his garage. <laughs> I was acting 100% crazy as I tried to get his attention before letting the ice form. What do I mean by letting the ice form? you may ask. This was advice that was given to me by Mr. Mercado, who was my guest on episode 8 called Transparency. It is a very delicate stage in where you're seeing someone and getting closer to them, but not yet in a relationship. You must be cool and not show signs of jealousy and possessiveness. You have to let the ice form, or in other words, make sure that they are 100% invested in you. You should just send sweet and short positive messages. Let them live their life how they want to and see what choices they'd rather be making than the ones that you're forcing them to make. I knew date number 25 loved me. It was evident by the way he treated me and how he did things for me that he refused to do with other people, like go with me several times to the beach this summer. However, he wasn't in love with me yet, and that was my mistake. 
once he saw how crazy I started to act and once I expressed all these future plans I had for us, he got scared and started to say that he needed to focus on his career. However, he still calls me and messages me till this day. I never blocked him. I just told him I respected his path but needed space to focus on mine as well and find someone that was on the same page as me as to what I wanted in my near future. He taught me that I still have to heal and work on my anxious attachment style. I acted that way with him because I became scared to lose him once I realized that I loved him and that was a display of my past haunting me from all the previous failed relationships. It was a cause of my own insecurity and feeling of unworthiness resurfacing from my subconscious and for that I am grateful to him because now I can work on it with a therapist and hopefully the next time that I come across someone that makes me feel the way he did I will be more rational and recognize the gift that it is to have me in their life. Nonetheless, I have to give myself credit because the old Paris would have chased him and or continue to allow him to be in my life when he felt like it just for the attention and the hope that he would magically realize that he can't breathe without me and give me the commitment that I had asked him for. At least this time, I cut it off after a month of being there for him emotionally and talking to him every day for hours and feeling disappointed when his days off from work came and instead of making plans to see me, he was out with friends. Part of healing and growing is giving yourself grace in the process and congratulating yourself for the small victories, even if they take a bit to happen. So ending things with him and then with Mr. Biggs is a great improvement, and for that, I applaud myself. I saw a clear image in my mind while I lay there under the stars in DR. I saw myself on a stage talking to hundreds of women, inspiring them to be more, to believe in themselves, to realize their worth, and that they can become and do anything they truly want to do, if they just had faith that they could. Is this my purpose? I said out loud to myself. Is this what I am supposed to do on this earth? I am still not sure. However, I came back from that vacation convinced that I need to grow my voice. That if I could help plant one seed of hope in one person, be it a female or a male, then I have already accomplished something far greater than any amount of money that I could earn in my lifetime. I had not been able to write in a few weeks and kept looking for guests to come record episodes with me because every time I sat in front of my laptop, my mind was blank. But here I am now with a clear purpose of what I want my life to be for the next few months and I can't stop writing the words I feel I need to express to the world. We all find ourselves, the way I did a few weeks ago leading up to my birthday, distraught and feeling as if we're suffocating, looking for answers but not even knowing what we want answers to. It was not my lindo bebe's job to make me feel whole. Me feeling like I had a void was not his fault or lack of his love and attention. Sex was not going to fill that either. Neither was owning a house nor making more money. It was me. I was feeling empty because I was looking for outside people and material things to make me feel whole and give my life meaning. I was hesitant to get into that cab to leave the resort and go to dinner that night with people that were strangers to me. However, had I not done that, I would have been in the hotel room smoking hookah and talking with my friends and I wouldn't have had the chance to do a heart opening meditation. And neither would have I had the chance to realize why God made it so easy for me to come on this vacation to my homeland where my ancestors are from. He was guiding me to answer the question that I have been uncomfortable with for so many nights. It is crucial for us to spend time alone in a place where there is no distractions every once in a while and really look introspectively at our thoughts 
It is important to question why we're feeling the way that we're feeling and try to find answers within us. Happiness is something that comes from within. It starts with you. If you aren't happy, you have to ask yourself what is causing your unhappiness and come up with a plan of action on how to act on that. My daughter is now 18 and I had her when I was 20. My adult life has consisted of being a mom and catering to her needs. My purpose has revolved around keeping her alive and safe. But as she transitions into an adult, she has needed me less and less and I've been having an issue identifying who I am. Who is Paris now that she is no longer needed as much in her role as a mom? I've been taking advantage of this newfound freedom and spent the last few months just partying with friends, posting nothing on the ground but drinks at different bars, even on a Tuesday night. However, that is no longer enough and going out a lot gets old after a while. So I have been asking myself, what's my purpose as I turn 39 years old and the realization that as I get older, my chance of being a mom again gets slimmer and slimmer. So who will I be if I will not be a mom again for another 18 years? That was the root cause of my sadness. I may become a mom again because if I really wanted to, I can go out and have sex until I get pregnant. I know that I am fertile having had two abortions in the last two years because I refuse to be tied to that toxic ex I was with. But now I know that I can also use this platform and social media to help others even if I choose to not have another child. I am more than just a mom. I'm an amazing human being that is empathetic and compassionate and that sees things in a different light thanks to my past and my own persistence to not be a victim and take accountability for my flaws and to seek help when needed. So on that starry night, alongside a pool in a resort in the Dominican Republic, I decided that I will start to coordinate events for women or anyone that would like to show up where they can network and meet other women just like them, where I can speak up about my past experiences, where I can be a mentor, where I can try to inspire others to change their lives and follow their dreams. We're all trained from little to be workers. We're forced to go to school till we're 18, and then after that, we're made to choose a career. Sometimes the career we choose is our dream job, and most often times, it is not. And we spend hours talking about how we hate what we do. But most people do not take the initiative to change the course of their life because they've become complacent and are scared to give up security for the unknown. And I get that, because having raised a child alone, I know how scary it can be to get an eviction notice if you aren't making enough to pay the rent or the pressure of putting food on the table. But especially for all the single moms out there, how awesome would it be to teach your child firsthand on how to create happiness within them by fostering an environment where they see how hard you work towards your dreams. How amazing it would be for them to see their mom happy. The system we live in is designed to keep us poor and in debt so that we don't have a choice but to work in jobs that we're not happy in. Sometimes sacrificing yourself and losing sleep for a few years is worth it if you can one day achieve what your inner child has wanted you to be. Happy 39th birthday to me, and I hope that this episode has made you want to raise from ashes and turn into the phoenix that we're all meant to be. This is Paris in New York City, and I hope that you share this podcast with your friends and follow me on Instagram at underscore Paris in NYC underscore. Thank you for listening. Bye!